T. Smith of the TFON Podcast here for Season 2, Episode 17. I have a special guest. You know that it's close to Cotton Bowl week. Well, we're a little ahead. You know, it's Christmas time coming up, so we want to kind of jump in front of it because people want to spend time with their family. But, you know, the Bearcats are playing a huge game in Arlington slash Dallas, Texas against the Alabama Road Tide. And I have a special guest, Joey Blackwell of Bama Central, of Sports Illustrated here with me today. How are you doing today, Joey? Doing all right, JT. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to our little discussion today about uh about a, about the game. It's going to be a should, should be a fun one. Yeah, definitely should. Man, I appreciate you taking some time out um, after we got over the the time zone difficulties of that's, <laughs> that's on me, but uh, me being the East Coast uh, East Coast time or Eastern time person um, <laughs> in the Midwest, you know. So that that's all on me, but. I'm glad you were able to eke out some time so we can uh, wrap back and forth about this big game coming up. So um, absolutely cool, man. So we'll get right into it. You know, the Bearcats are the fourth team. Bama is number one. They've been a top four team from the beginning. And, you know, I feel like this year, this isn't the same. Well, you guys are very talented. This is the same just you don't want to be on the same field Bama like last year like last year I felt like if the Bearcats would have played this Bama team I would have probably just closed my eyes and just been happy to be there um this year I feel like it's a chance but like um just from a person on the outside I feel like you guys are a little bit younger so I think that's you know the growing pains of being young but like on your if you being a guy that covers the team why do you think this year hasn't been like as a dominant of a year for for Bama well, I think you kind of said it yourself. Um, I think they are a young team. You know, they lost a ton of talented players last year to the NFL draft. I mean, if you just off the top of my head, you know, you think about Najee Harris and Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Landon Dickerson, Alex Leatherwood, and that's just on the offensive side of the football. You know, and I think that, you know, I think that they've really not not just uh, it, not just experience has been a problem for Alabama this year, but also leadership. Nick Saban's talked all year about how um, he needs more leaders on the team, and of course, you do have some emerging leaders. You know, like Bryce Young has done a great job on offense. You've had you know Will Anderson Jr. has done a, a solid job, but let's remember that both those players are just sophomores. <laughs> you know, these aren't the these aren't you know seniors that have been around the block you know for for a few years now. So. Um, leadership has been a problem. And I think uh, there's just been a, I wouldn't say there's been a mentality issue, but I think that there has been uh, a little bit of kind of cockiness and swagger on Alabama that usually typically doesn't, as pe- uh, doesn't come and come along with Alabama players. Usually they're pretty, you know, more humble and kind of have the mentality of we could lose any game. Yeah. And um, we haven't really seen that from Alabama this year. Um, and I think that's just because of the so inexperienced, you know, you have all these young players coming to Alabama and thinking, oh, I play for Alabama. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And it's like, <laughs> no, nah, that's not been the case. You know, you still have to play a tough SEC schedule, you know. And, you know, obviously they lost to Texas A&M as a result of that. They played a close game, a four overtime game against Auburn. They played a close game, you know, against Arkansas and LSU and it hasn't been the dom- – aside from the SC championship game, ironically enough, um, it hasn't really been a dominating season for Alabama. But, yeah, pointing back to that leadership, um, which I think is finally coming around for them uh, and that, menta- that you know, what Nick Saban would call a championship mentality, I think that's finally coming around for them. So, okay, so I'm going to get into the SEC championship game. I didn't really think I was going to go there at first, but now I have to. <laughs> um, you led me there. So what do you think clicked for this team to just dominate dominate Georgia on, you know, on that Saturday. 
Well, you know, I think first and foremost, it was it was the mentality. It was, you know, that was the first time Alabama had been an underdog in a game since I, I think it was the Georgia game of 2015 was the last mm-hmm. time. It had been 93 games since they'd been an underdog because very rarely do people play <laughs> against Alabama for obvious reasons. That's true. Um, and as, at least over the past decade. And I think that really kind of lit a spark under them. I think that they, you know, ever since the A&M loss, Alabama had, was, had been treated – um, like, you know, even should have won last Bama go, do they deserve to go? And every little mistake they made along the way was a, was a case for the opposition to say, Hey, they don't belong in the top four teams. Um, <clears throat> and I think they knew the importance of, of that game. Um, obviously mm-hmm. now, as far as like from on for on the field performance, you can have the mentality all you want, but if you don't have the skills to back it up, then you're going to have issues. And obviously mm-hmm. Alabama didn't have any problems against Georgia. Um, I think on the other side of it, <clears throat> I don't think Georgia Georgia's schedule was, I think, overhyped a little bit. I, I think they really hadn't had to play as all, an offense as good as Alabama's all season. Jordan, and that doesn't take away from Georgia's defense. They have a fantastic defense. Yeah. Um, but I think that they hadn't played court, the Heisman Trophy quarterback. They hadn't played a, a wide receiver duo in John Mechie and, and, and Jamison Williams. Um, they hadn't had to face a running back really like Brian Robinson Jr. all season. And I think, you know, just all of those, just kind of the stars aligned for Alabama to kind of just go in there and take care of business as usual. Um, So there really are multiple factors into that. I think, you know, going back to the mentality, you know, Saban said after the game, I'm I'm sure you all are familiar with him, you know, calling stuff that the media says rat poison. That's like one of his favorite mantras. And, you know, most of the local media kind of had in the back of our minds, even though we cover Alabama, most of us thought Alabama was going to lose that game. And so our writing reflected. And Nick Saban said after the game that the, most of the time the rat poison that we give out is, uh, is you know, is, is fatal, is toxic. <laughs> but this past week there was all yummy rat poison. <laughs> because yeah, it killed them as the underdog. I heard that. I heard that. But I don't want to make this answer, the answer to your question too long. But, no, yeah, I, I, think, uh, I think all those factors are really what lined up plus just solid on the field performances all around all around yeah so like i i have a outsider's view on this because i always thought georgia personally with with bennett they were susceptible to be beaten mm-hmm. so yeah. like i was telling everybody i was like man like while like you see needed a lot of things to go right so i was like hey i want Bama to lose just so it's clean <laughs> But when, but when Baylor pulled off the, the win, I was like, okay, they should be good unless they just want to job them or whatnot. But uh, mm-hmm. I was like, man, honestly, I, like I had a friend that's a Bama fan, and I always talked to him about certain stuff. And I'm like, man, you guys would probably dominate Bennett because I don't think he's that guy, and I don't yeah. think they've really been challenged. So like, you know, Georgia's kind of like the boogeyman where everybody's just like kind of scared before they go in there because of that defense. But mm-hmm. I was like, Bennett is – okay like I don't you know dog college quarterback or anything but I just like with JT Daniel I was more scared scared of the offense because of his big arm and the way he can make plays and I was like uh Bama might mess around and beat him and I was like I didn't want that to happen personally but you know yeah. it worked out well, you know right <laughs> well that's just always been a, a, an issue at, at Kirby Smart's Georgia team they've always been really good but they're always missing one piece it mm-hmm. seems like and I think the quarterback position this year, well, really the past couple of years for them has been the problem. I mean, yeah. between Stetson Bennett and JT Daniels, who still remains a ghost, I expect yeah. to see him on <laughs> milk cartons in the near future. Um, 
I, I think that, you know, but the, well, this that quarterback situation this year, they they don't have a Heisman caliber quarterback. They don't have a Johnny Nice Golden Arm Award winner. That's that and that's really held them back. But yeah, um, which allows Alabama which allowed Alabama to focus on, you know, limiting the rushing game for Georgia. And, you know, obviously Alabama had two picks, so they did just fine against Stetson Bennett. And yeah, I think that was another factor. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. And you got this passing game. Um, I just feel like, you know, that, you know, Georgia's front seven is very good, but nobody really knew. They lost a lot of talent to NFL, too, in that mm-hmm. secondary. And um, I think it kind of showed up that, you know, that Saturday as well, you know, because you guys held up and were able to make big plays against them. So um, that's that's my take from from a Cincinnati uh, perspective. But I definitely wanted you guys to lose. I'm not going to lie. But uh, – <laughs> Who doesn't though? <laughs> if you had a map and painted every every col- the colors of every state, Alabama be red and everybody else be whatever color the opposition. Yeah, but it, it worked out. It worked out. I just was like, man, they. I don't know. I just felt, you know, I, I feel like because you know Bearcats being a G five team currently, they needed everything to go right. So I needed. I wanted Michigan to lose. I wanted like everybody that was ahead of them just to lose, just to make sure. Cause you know, I just didn't, I didn't trust the committee, man. I just didn't trust. Well, hey, you guys were good enough to get in there anyway. So yeah, all that, <laughs> true, true, true. So in general, man, you guys are battling big injuries, you know, Mitchie being out and then I'm, it's, it's the cornerback Joe. Is it Joe B or is it Job? Job. Job. So it's Job is, yep. Is he, is he out for sure? No, I said like something with the foot arts. He kind of like going to have miracle healing, like, uh, like picket. Yeah. <laughs> like picket you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, no, Joe, Joe, you know, he, he'd, been struggling, he'd been struggling with a turf toe injury that had really limited him uh, for really the second half of the season. And, uh, yeah, after the SEC title game where he, we didn't see Joe a lot, um, they had to um, – he had to have surgery um, to help repair that just to mm-hmm. keep it from growing worse. Because turf toe is one of those injuries that doesn't sound severe. Yeah. But if you leave, leave it untreated and are forced to play on a lot, it can really develop into something really bad. Yeah. Um, so that he had to have surgery. So Joe will be out for the playoff. Obviously, Mechie will be out yeah. uh, with his injury, which is still surprising to me because you saw him, you saw him go down. You saw him have the injury in, in the Georgia game, but then he walked off the sideline, walked to the locker room, and didn't limp. And he had a knee injury. Yeah. Normally, if you have a knee injury, it's you know you see them limping at least. Yeah. Anyway. Sure. Um, but no, Mechie will also be out, which I think that will kind of segue into, I'm sure, um, what you're, a question you're going to ask me later about, you know, key matchups. I think yeah, for sure. It's, it's coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and then obviously linebacker um, Chris Allen, he's edge rusher for Alabama. He's been out since the first game against Miami, um, and he will continue to be out, at least as far as we know, he will be also out for the CFP, just out for the rest of the season. So with, uh, you know, Will Anderson has done an excellent job in stepping up and, you know, off the edge. But if you had him and Allen on both sides, Alabama might have won the A&M game, you know, <laughs> which I would say they would have won more games, but that's the only game they lost. So. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they definitely have a lot of injuries. Um, those are all three key players, and they definitely – they will be missed. But, fortunately, you know, the Montreal Alabama is uh, – Alabama doesn't rebuild, they reload. You know, there's always some talent behind them on the roster. and give Nick Saban a month to tip over these players to practice and get used to their positions. And I think they'll be fine. Are there any other like nagging injuries? I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody has nagging injuries at this time of the year for sure. But are there any other um, injuries that you are kind of looking at to say like, Hey, he might not play. And it's kind of not really being talked about because of how big, you know, Mitchie and Joe are. No, those, 
Yeah, no, those are really the only ones. I mean, okay. we, we spoke, we got to speak to Nick Saban yesterday, and the only injury update he had was on uh, Chris Allen, who he just said his rehab's going well. Um, okay. He still doesn't expect him to play. But other than that, you know, I know LeBron Ray was dealing with some with some foot issues, but once again, you know, that wasn't the SEC championship game, so you still have a good, you know, month practically yeah. um, to, to rest and recuperate and, and heal up and. Um, no, those are the only three players that I know of right now that that won't be there for sure. Okay, so um, with that being said, like for Minchie, you know that happened in the SEC championship game. I know you guys have talent. It's not going to be a, la- a lack of talent that's going out there. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that unless they're hiding under a rock or something. But <laughs> um, who are the key guys do you think are? If it's like one or two receivers you think may get you know a few snaps here and there. I mean, he has a whole month to prepare, so you know, they'll be ready. But who is who is the guy or guys you think will be the person that takes up the snaps or takes up the slack for Minchie? I mean, besides being, you know, Williams or, you know, Bolden, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Well, you know, I think that uh, two, of the, two, of the best play, two of the best, you know, players that are likely to step up in that role would be either Javon Baker or, or Ja'Cory Brooks. You know, we right. saw Ja'Cory Brooks kind of, you know, he was the one that made the, the game-tying touchdown catch against Auburn mm-hmm. in the game in the overtime. And, you know, he, he was really crucial in that 97-yard drive to tie the game. And we saw him a little bit, not as much, but we did see him come back and, you know, kind of show his face a little bit after Mechie went down in the Georgia game. Yeah. So I would expect to see, you know, Ja'Cory Brooks kind of take on that role. You also have JoJo Earl, who played in 10 games this year, um, and, 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 and Javon Baker. So if I had to point to a few guys, those would probably be them. I'm leaning towards Brooks, you know, because though, because while, you know, Brooks only has five receptions this year and 79 yards and he, his only touchdown was that one touchdown. Cause you know, the, the kid's a freshman, you know, he's still yeah. being implemented into the game. I really could see him kind of filling in that, that slot role that Mechie had. And um, if, if it was, if it was Baker, it wouldn't surprise me because he's also had a, a fantastic year. Um, coming off of, you know, in basketball terms, coming off the bench. Um, but, you know, I, I think that um, I, I think that if we had to lean one way, I think Ja'Cory Brooks will, will, will make an impact because Alabama needs somebody to make an impact in Mechie's role, to, to, if, if not anything else, but to distract from Jamison Williams. Um, that's why Alabama was, was, I think, one of the reasons they were so good against Georgia defense was they had um, you had Mechie on one side and Jamison on the other, and that makes it difficult for a defense to cover um, you can, you, you know, it's it spread out the distractions. Now, the, the Cincinnati defense, who has a phenomenal secondary that not a lot of people are talking about, one of the best secondary groups in the country. Um, speaking as somebody speaking from outside of the Cincinnati area, I respect um, you. I respect that comment. I respect that comment a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, very underrated secondary at Cincinnati. Um, and, you know, I, I think that it'll allow, with Mechie gone, it'll allow them to kind of maintain focus on Jameson Williams and, and not be spread out around the field. So whoever takes up that spot for Mechie is going to have to be a playmaker. Otherwise, this could this game could be a problem for Alabama early. Okay. So on the defensive side, you know, losing the cornerback, being out, who are, the, you know, the one or two guys you think will be the person that slides in over there for, for that cornerback? Um, you know, against, you know, in a, in, a, in a cotton bowl. Well, you know, all, all season, you know, we've, we've kind of seen you know, Brian Branch come in and out. Uh, I, th- I think they'll probably utilize him. Uh, he's obviously also uh, one of the corners that will either start or see a lot of time. And I think they'll just slide him over into that role. Um, you know, I think Daniel Wright could also see some more action. Malachi Moore 
who we haven't really, you know, Malachi Moore's played, in, I think, in almost every game, but we, yeah, he has played in every game, um, but we haven't really seen him make the impact that we thought he was going to after a really good year in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, those are just a few guys, you know, that mm-hmm. I think will have to step up. Um, this this Alabama secondary, you know, has been really an issue for them all season, but Joe was certainly one of the, one of the you know, emerging, like, leaders on that, yeah. in, that in that secondary group, so – he will be missed. Um, he he are, are you know honestly he couldn't his loss could be more impactful honestly than Mechie's loss. Um, just because you know, um, you know wide receivers are a unit, but they're also composed of individuals uh, on the football team. Whereas secondary, you really have to be able to work together, and you have to be able to you know gel and know your coverages and know your assignments. So, um, I I think I think Alabama will be fine in the end. Um, but I think that that's only because they have, you know, like we keep saying three or four weeks to prepare rather than one week. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we, we'll get into the Bearcat secondary. So um, what a lot of people, I made this comment maybe a couple weeks ago and most people that are like Bama fans, they think I'm talking crazy. So I was like, Hey, this is probably the best secondary you guys are going to face this year. Even though you guys have a heck of a passing offense, I'm, taking nothing away from the passing offense you got her dynamic but I was like with Minchie going down with the corners that the Bearcats have they uh I think it's going to make it easier for them to play their game personally but I mean Mm -hmm. it's still going to be a tough no matter what this is going to be a battle no matter what but I feel like that that checks off the box to make it possibly being a positive for the Bearcats because you have two NFL caliber cornerbacks their safeties are NFL caliber. Even their slot guy is kind of like a fringe guy. I just think he doesn't get the love because Kobe and Sauce are so good that he gets mm-hmm. picked on, but he makes enough plays. Like He's like a guy, like, you probably catch a few on him, but then when you think you got him, he'll make a big hit or he'll deflect the ball and intercept it. But um, what – um, like, how are you guys viewing him? You, you gave him some props earlier in the pod, but do you feel like the base are like the – I mean, I'm pretty sure Saban, of course, I don't think he takes anybody lightly, but do you feel like the fan base understands how good these guys are? Are they just like, hey, these guys from Cincinnati are just out there. We're just going to run through them and it's nothing like they're not from the SEC, you know, kind of that mentality. What do you think? Yeah, you know, well, I think one of the, I think one of the, it's one of the, the opinion of the secondary is the opinion of Cincinnati in general, and I, I think it's just, oh, it's a group of five team. We've beaten, <laughs> we've beaten so, we and and if people have had a, at least people in the SEC have had a hard time accepting. This is not my opinion. I'm just okay. expressing the general opinion. Um, people in the SEC have had a really hard time accepting the legitimacy of Cincinnati just because they're a group of five team. Yeah, yeah. I think they firmly belong in those top four teams. I think they belong in the playoff. Um, I think they I think they are fighting an uphill battle, though, when it comes to, you know, trying to play to win the national championship. But I think they are still a very, very good team. But I think that, you know, talking about the secondary, I think that kind of that opinion transitions over. It's like, oh, well, that's not an SEC, you know, defense yeah. unit. That's not you – know, they don't have to face the an SEC caliber mm-hmm. offense every week, you know. And I, I think that while while some of that criticism is valid, it shouldn't take away from the accomplishments that and the, how stifling the secondary has been this year. I think I think last I checked, uh, Cincinnati has had 32 takeaways this season. Yeah, I think on defense, sounds about which right. is just remarkable. Yeah, yeah that's just remarkable. That's sounds a, about right. I don't care what league, I don't care what league or what conference you play in. That's impressive. And yeah. but talking about their secondary, you know, Sauce Gardner is obviously something somebody just jumps off the page. You know, he has a he's going to have a, the unenviable task of covering Jamison Williams. Yeah. 
Um, but, uh, you know, going into the AAC title game, you know, Gardner had allowed just 14 receptions on 32 targets and had, hadn't allowed any touchdowns heading into that game against Houston. Kobe Bryant was one of the three finalists for the Jim Thorpe Award. So these he guys are no slouches. And uh, I'm sorry, what? He won it. Oh, you won it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that. My bad. Well, at least, at least he I got it. something right. He won it. But won yeah, it. he won yeah. the Jim Thorpe Award. So these, <laughs> these are players that, you know, they're don't underestimate them. If you're an Alabama fan, don't underestimate them. This is a really talented secondary group that with an injured Alabama, you know, with Mechie out, could really thrive against, you know, uh, against Jamison Williams and whoever else Alabama throws out there. And um, I, you know, I, I like to treat, I ought to be as unbiased as possible despite covering Alabama. And one of the things that I will praise Cincinnati for is a secondary. It's definitely good and could present a lot of problems. So the, the, the media, the national media says your, your running game isn't, I mean, I know Robinson is a good running back of sorts, but I guess you guys have struggled a little bit running. Do you feel that's the, the youth or do you feel like people are kind of overblowing it because you guys have such a good passing game that, you might why not let Bryce Young toss that thing around the yard all, all game? Well, you know, I think the problem with Alabama this this whole season has been they have really lacked running back depth, and that's become because of so many injuries. Mm. Um, you had Trace, excuse me, you had Trace Sanders coming off coming off of a car wreck last year, and that wow. really hindered his that really hindered his carries early on in the game. Obviously, you had. Um, <clears throat> obviously you had Jason McClellan go down with an injury. You know, Rodell Williams was also injured. At one point, Alabama was down to just one scholarship running back in in, in Brian Robinson. And so, um, you know, it's – it's it's B-Rob has really had to um, make a lot of carries. I mean, if you look at the, the carry discrepancy um, uh, between the running backs, Brian Robinson has 230, 223 attempts this year. And then second place is Trey Sanders at 56. Wow. wow. <laughs> so there's a huge, they had, they really haven't have been able to rely on the other running backs. And that's not saying they're not good, but it's just because they've either been injured or um, Trey Sanders is still dealing with his issues from his car wreck that happened in uh, last year's bye week. So um, yeah, if, if, if uh, Cincinnati fans want a good read, definitely look up uh, Trey Sanders because it looked like he might not play football again in his back. And I think people don't give him enough credit for the, for the, for him being able to come back and play football this year. But um anyways i think that that's really limited them in the backfield and it's kind of forced them to throw the ball more than they would like which of course takes away carries from robinson because you need to give the guy rest you can't have him you know have 50 <laughs> carries every single game yeah. um but that being said robinson has still done a decent job you know he's rushed for over a thousand yards he has 14 touchdowns on the year he averages 4.8 yards a carry um so he's, he's definitely no slouch it's just I think, you know, obviously on teams where you have a Heisman Trophy winning run, uh, quarterback, you're yeah. going to not see as, as, you know, as much attention to the rush. And, um, and and passing for Alabama has been their bread and butter this year, and I don't expect it to be any different, you know, heading into this next game. The, the I think the most important – I know everybody – it's, it's going to sound super cliche, but, you know, like the, uh, the lines will be the most important pieces of the game, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like – you guys' defensive line is pretty good, pretty dang good. Uh, and our offensive line is okay. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. they're very good and sometimes they're iffy. Like, it's it's a 50-50 thing. Sometimes it's maybe 70-30. But they haven't – I don't think they faced anybody. Well, Notre Dame had a pretty good front, I think I would say. Um, Houston did too, but not – I don't think they are on Bama's level. Um, mm-hmm. But where, where do you feel – um, on the front, who who are the guys that 
Cincinnati better get blocked in that front seven or even the front four. Otherwise, it'll be just a heck of it's going to be Desmond Ritter running all day. Like, who are the guys? They better get a hat on. Well, obviously, first and foremost, you have to think about Will Anderson coming off sure. the edge. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, the guy you know, won the Nagurski Award this year. He finished yeah. fifth in the Heisman voting for a reason. The guy is just remarkable. He leads the he leads the country in both tackles for a loss and sacks. Um, just really, re- as, as a sophomore, he still has to be at Alabama one more year. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's, he's had a remar- he's had a remarkable season, and um, I think that's where it where it begins. Um, really trying to contain him off the edge and not allow him to you know to pen- get any penetration. Otherwise, Ritter's going to have a very long night um, or long day. Excuse me, we're, yeah. we're doing the day game. Yeah, uh, he's yeah. going to have a long day. So. Um, I, I think that's where it's where it starts. I think also, you know, you have five, Phil, Phil Mathis up front, you know, provides that he's a big body. You know, you have LeBron Ray as well. Um, Dallas Turner um, in that front seven at linebacker. He's done a really good job of getting in the backfield. He's really come around the past three or four games for Alabama um, and really done a great job there. And obviously, you know, you have the older guys. You have Henry Toto. This might be his first season at Alabama, but he's done a he, – he and Christian Harris both really struggled the first half of the season, but have really come around. And I think that has a lot to do with communication and leadership that they both needed to develop. Um, so I, I think that those players right there are really, you know, who, who Cincinnati's offensive line needs to, needs to take care of. Okay. Um, because if, if you allow just one of those guys by repeatedly, it's going to be a long day. Um and but concentrating on Will Anderson for that, and as have all teams. I mean, we saw him just have a, a heyday against Georgia, yeah. um, and Georgia has a really, really good offensive line. So, um, but you know, I, th- I think also, you know, I, I did want to kind of switch up to Alabama side for offensive line for a second here. Go for it. Um, you know, Alabama's line is like Cincinnati's. You know, you, you said that. Cincinnati is kind of, you know, they have great games and they have bad games. You know, they're kind of, at times they play great, times they're horrible. Well, the two games Alabama just played are a perfect example of the same thing. I mean, against Auburn, they allowed Bryce Young to get sacked seven times yeah. against Auburn. <laughs> and then against Georgia, they didn't give up a single sack. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the best defense in the yeah. – arguably the best defense in the country. So, um, hopefully, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with Seth McLaughlin coming in and playing center for them. Uh, I think that was a really big change they needed to make uh, once Darian Dalcourt and Chris Owens uh, were kind of shifted over and not to that position anymore. Um, but uh, I, I think that Alabama's offensive line, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like – you never know what you're going to get with them. If they show up, then they show up, and Cincinnati's yeah. going to have a hard time. But they also could give up eight sacks. Yeah. <laughs> you, don't really, you don't really know. That might depend on Cincinnati and how they respond. But I think yeah. Cincinnati will have the right mentality coming into this game because this is such an interesting game because you have two teams that have something to prove and for very, two very different reasons. For yeah. Cincinnati, you have, hey, people have discounted us all season. We're a group of five teams. Nobody thinks we belong here. We need to go out and show the world, hey, you know, we're Cincinnati. Yeah. And then on Alabama's side, you you know, obviously Alabama has a more storied history um, in the in, in sure. the college football playoff, but they also have the mentality of, hey, we were the number one team, and then after we lost to AM, nobody thought we were good anymore. Like, yeah. and, and then look what we did against Georgia. Let's just keep this momentum going. So you have two teams that really just are just wanting to win this game for two very different reasons to to and they both have chips on their shoulder and so that's what's going to make this game such a fun one yeah it should be real real interesting i'm, I'm excited about it for sure mm-hmm. um so this year i haven't really went back on that well i guess coral coral did you guys play old miss right 
Mm-hmm. You guys, yeah, you blew him out. That was before yeah. the loss. Um, yeah, I mean, he's kind of a dual threat. But overall, have you guys played, besides Ole Miss, I know he's a pretty good dual threat quarterback. Is, have you played any other dual threat guys, really, um, this year? I mean, Bennett can, I guess you can say he's kind of a dual threat, but I, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to give him that credit. Um, who else have you guys played that probably prepared you for somebody like a Desmond Ritter, who has kind of a strong arm and is faster than people think, long strider, um, can make some plays when stuff is our bust, it doesn't go right. You know, I think I think the closest quarterback Alabama's played so far, you know, when at the time when Alabama played Florida, they were utilizing both Anthony Richardson yeah. and Emory Jones, and both of them are are kind of dual threat quarterbacks, and they did really well against Alabama. People for people kind of, you know, the AM loss kind of made people forget about the first half of the season. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, there was that there was that dominating win, yeah. you know, dominating wins against Miami, and there was a dominating win against Ole Miss, but yeah. there was that really struggle down in the swamp against mm. uh, against Florida, and I think a, a huge factor in that was the the dual threat nature of both Anthony Rich and Emory Jones. Um, now, I, I you know, Georgia fans would like to tell you that Stetson Bennett is a decent dual threat quarterback. I do not think he is. Um, I give it on that. I, I, he's definitely <laughs> he definitely relies on the passing. Um, same, and then Finley down in Finley down in Auburn. You know, but Bo Nix. Once again, Auburn fans like to say that Bo Nix is well. They don't really care about Bo Nix anymore. But yeah. they would have they would have yeah. they would have liked to say that Bo Nix was a solid dual threat quarterback. But obviously, Alabama didn't play, and they played TJ yeah. Finley. Um, Finley. Um, Finley did, did relatively, he, he was, well, I can't really say he was effective against Alabama just because, I mean, they were only scored 17 points yeah, yeah. For, the, for the, for the whistle blew for the went overtime. So, yeah. um, or 10 points, excuse me. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, I, I think once again, it kind of, it's kind of related to the offensive line in a way. It's like, well, you never really know what you're going to get. Is this defense going to show up? Is it not? I think for the college football playoff, they will. I mean, yeah. Alabama has only lost one semifinal game and they've been to seven of them. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that they will show up for this game. It's a lot easier to get up for a game like this than it is for a meaningless Iron Bowl. Um, yeah. It did mean something, but at the end of the day, it was just bragging rights. Um, yeah, for sure. But, I think they'll be fine. Um, I, I think that, yeah. So you asked for a kind of comparison. Florida was probably the closest. Okay. All right. Hey, Ritter's a lot better. I'll say this. Ritter yeah, yeah, is yeah, a lot yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I got to get my man Ritter. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I feel like the offense, my, my key is the offensive line can control. This doesn't let Will Anderson go crazy. And just, mm-hmm. you know, like he's going to make a couple of plays. He's that good. It just, mm-hmm. it can't be that third down a person's open and he gets this strip sack fumble or he make him punt because you know he just gets him out of field goal position or whatever you know um will anderson is just he's one of those guys that he's going to make plays it's just a matter it's just it's just a matter of let's limit the amount of plays he can make because he's a playmaker that's what he does i mean i wouldn't be shocked you know what i mean it's not like oh will made a play it's just like we got to make sure he's not the bearcats have to make sure he's not wrecking the game where they can't do what they want to do because they just can't control him. And if that happens, you know, it can get, it can get ugly, but if they can control him, I feel like they can control him, limit his plays. He's going to make plays. Then they have a very good chance. I think this year, it's just, I think it's just the stars are aligned for them to have a chance against this, this team to me. Um, it's just going to be interesting, but it's all, the line is important. Both sides, the D line has to hold it down. Offensive line has to hold it down. You know, it's both ways. Um, and we have a couple of explosive players on the defensive side. So, it's going to be interesting. It's not going to be – you're not a, like, normal – normally a G5 team, you think, like, they got a lot of non-NFL people that are super overachieving. Or they have all, like, 
um, been coached up per se and been better than what their rankings were when they came in. They're not just a, it's not like a, we're not, the Bearcats aren't a fairy tale team. Like where it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, they're just happy to be here. They don't have, they yeah. have all these little guys that are undersized. It's not that way. So that's the thing that a lot of like probably SEC people probably don't think of because it's like, Oh, this little Cincinnati team. Oh, look, look how cute they are. They're here. You know? look, look at the little Cincinnati. Yeah, little Cincinnati <laughs> rubbing them on the head and patting them on the back. Like, Oh, look at you guys get the money, get the check, you know? And it's like, if you look at their roster, like, this year, like I, I know, like we're not as history as Bama, of course, or Ohio State's and Clemson and stuff like that. But they're starting to build up where, like, I remember, I remember going to practice, and it's maybe a scout there, you know, where now it's like you you might have twenty scouts there because you know there's so much talent there, you know. Now, you know, this year I feel like they got six in the Senior Bowl, um, a couple of underclassmen that if they declare, are probably going to be at least within. Let's see, every 32 rounds, 36, at least 150, like top 150, probably in the top eight, you know, eight mm-hmm. kids at least. So, like, that's not something that Cincinnati is used to as a whole. Normally they have, like, a kid here, kid there, and, then, you know, they got a couple people that can kind of sprinkle in, maybe undrafted. Where I think this year they have a chance to break, like, their NFL, you know, NFL um, draft and record. I think it's six, um, which they have a real strong possibility of breaking that. Um, yeah. And I said it before the season. And then people are just like looking at me like, oh, this dude's drinking the Kool-Aid. He sounds crazy. And then like Jim Nagy is like, look, they got talent. And I was like, thank you, Jim Nagy. <laughs> like, you pat me on the back. I appreciate it. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this game, man. I just don't think they're going to, it could get, like I told, I told my friends, like, man, it can get ugly. It can get ugly because Bama's Bama, right? So you can't mm-hmm. leave that aspect out of it. But I was like, if, if Bryce Young doesn't come out there and just like first couple of plays and just throw this random bomb on him, like, mm-hmm. I feel like they'll be okay. Like, I just think the Notre Dame game, even though Notre Dame is like you guys a little bit younger this year, and then they had Brian Kelly, all that stuff. But they went out there and just dominated them. I mean, a lot of people didn't expect that, even though they, like, people were like, okay, Bearcats are coming there, they're a top 10 team. But it's like, you go on the road and actually just smack a top 10 team, you know, the fifth team in the nation currently right now in the mouth at their place. It's like, you have a chance. So, it's going to be interesting, man. So I'm going to ask you like your prediction and then I'll let everybody know where to find your work and everything. So, yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than a lot of people think. I think it'll really come down to the first few drives for Alabama's offense. If Alabama is able to jump out early and score on their first mm-hmm. drive or even, even their second drive yeah. and really punch Cincinnati in the mouth early, um, I think it's not that that will discourage Cincinnati, but I think that'll really fire up Alabama, mm-hmm. um, especially after the struggles they had late in the season. If they can have back-to-back games where they come out and take a 10-0 lead, yeah. 14-0 lead, I think that'll really weigh the game in Alabama's favor. That will that will determine what the final score is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do see, see it as being close. I think, you know, I, I obviously I, – I, I am picking Alabama to win the game, but I think if I had to pick a score – it will probably be somewhere around, I think, Alabama 34, Cincinnati 21. I think Cincinnati is going to get points on the board, but it really ultimately matters. The ultimate matchup will be, I think, um, who scores, uh, you know, if Alabama can score early, if they can limit, and if Cincinnati can limit the effectiveness of Will Anderson and how Alabama's wide receivers step up in this game, you know, with the, with the absence of John Mechie. Because if Alabama's wide receivers do just fine against Cincinnati, then it's going to be a long day for Cincinnati because mm-hmm. I think that is really the big question mark for Alabama. And if they can perform well in that regard, then I think they have this game handled. Mm-hmm. That being said, 
Um, Ritter's a fantastic quarterback. He can definitely give Alabama some troubles, especially with Joe Bout. Um, yeah. And obviously, you know, a guy we haven't talked about, Jerome yeah, Ford. He transferred, he transferred from Alabama. You know, yeah. He's done a really great work um, as, the, as a Cincinnati running back um, and knows, knows how a Saban defense runs. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that that will come in handy for the Bearcats as well. But, yeah, if I had to make a score prediction, probably 30, Alabama 34, Cincinnati 21 or 24, somewhere in that range. I respect it. Respect it, respect it for sure. So <laughs> you're gonna shock you're shocking the world though, man. I'm calling it. I'm calling it now. <laughs> I know. I'm betting against the spread with that one. <laughs> yeah, you are, man. You are because what is it 13 and a half right now? Yeah, they, 13 and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think they, they should cover it. I think I mean I'm not a betting guy, so me neither. <laughs> everybody don't take what I'm saying because I'm normally yeah, I'm bad when it comes to that. I keep so my journalism take, ethical. I don't exactly. Bet. <laughs> I don't bet, man. People ask me questions. I'm like, man, please just don't ask me, man, because then you're gonna be mad at me if I tell you something and then don't go out. <laughs> so I'm like, I'll give you my opinion about it. You take it for what you want. I'm not. Don't say mm-hmm. JT told you to go make that bet. But uh, <laughs> Joey, let everybody know where they can find your work on the internet and where they can find you on social media. Absolutely. Uh, well, uh, you might think you find me on Twitter at Blackwell sports on Twitter. Um, that's where I post most of my stories and post, you know, a lot of the, the live stuff that I do. Um, I am the beat writer for Alabama, for Alabama, for not just football, but also basketball and baseball I'll be going to basketball game tonight and I'll be out in Dallas and should Alabama win, we'll be out in Indianapolis as well for the national championship game. And you can find all of my work and all of our other uh, writers work at BamaCentral.com, where we're the uh, fan nation affiliate side of sports illustrated. And yeah, that's pretty much about it at Blackwell sports on Twitter. And thank you so much for having me, JT. I've really had a lot of fun and I appreciate you having me on. No, no problem, man. I appreciate you being a good sport, man. And, and uh, talking, talking, UC Bama with me because I had, I had to do it. I don't know. Next year, next week is going to be tough. It's like right before, but it's like, man, I don't want to be ripping and running. So I'm like, I need to get this a week ahead get it knocked out, get it out. And then hopefully people, a lot of people listen to it because it's some good content on here. So um, thanks, man. I don't, we don't play in basketball. I already know that, but I was say, I was wise. I'll say, get back on, but um, guys, maybe in March, maybe in March. <laughs> we'll see, man. This year is going to be, we can get double digit win. I mean, we are, we'll we win tonight. We'll be at 10 and three, but if we can get the 20 wins this year, Wes Miller deserves a plaque, like some kind of plaque from the school because (laughs) dudes turning water into wine. But if we can get over 17, honestly, but people should freaking be kissing his the bottom of his shoes if he gets 20 this year, just Mm -hmm. flat out. I mean, it's just he he turned he took over. I know I'm rambling now, but he took over just a a, a mess and he's he's gotten it straightened out already. It's just not the perfect team because it's not all his players, but Mm -hmm. he's, he's he's getting it together, man. I mean. A lot of people are like 16 games. I'm like, yeah, I, I see that. 16 to 17, if he wins that, you need to shake his hand. So he's yeah. almost there. So we'll see. And then I, as an Alabama guy, I'm still I'm still just getting used to Bama being in the top 10 in basketball. That's just crazy. something I'm still getting used to. That's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> I was looking, I was like, <laughs> did you watch that battle in Seattle where Alabama just went into and went into basically what was a home game for Gonzaga and just stomped a mud yeah. hole in like, and what? then it's like, then they beat Houston, and they play they play three of the three of last year's Final Four teams because they played Houston and Bay, Houston and Gonzaga, and then the SEC Big Twelve Challenge in uh, February will be or January will be Baylor. So it's nice. Ugh. And then they just got their tails kicked by Memphis. So I don't know yeah. what's going on with this. <laughs> but, but Memphis, the Memphis is such a Jekyll and Hyde. Like Penny Hardaway is the gift and the curse. Because I love Penny as a person, you know what I mean, as a player or whatnot. But like this team has. 
top like final four talent but then you see him play and you're like what the, what's going on like then and then you play him against bama i'm like when you count them out like, okay bama's gonna come to their house and beat them by 15 mm-hmm. they come out there and smack them it's like why don't you guys play like this at least 90 percent of the time like you wouldn't be yeah. you wouldn't have came into the game five and four if you play like this 90 percent of the time but, well, I think you know, I think that was that was just a game that Memphis absolutely had to win. Oh, for sure. They had they had lost four in a row at that point, for and sure. they were like, if we don't win this game, our season is over with. Because sure. I think that was going to start a collapse. Oh, yeah. And and it didn't. And then they got. I think they got a little bit lucky by having that Tennessee game get uh, get canceled. But mm-hmm. um, I I still think they could have won that game. But regardless, we're talking basketball yeah. now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, it's, it's, all it's all good. There's a change up. There's a change up. No, but uh, cool, man. Well, I just want to thank you for being on. Um, appreciate it, Bearcat Nation. I know Bama's the enemy this for you know for a couple of weeks, but make sure you go check out my man Joey. He was gracious enough to spare me some time and give us some good Bama um, knowledge. So make sure you guys check them out, share. Even if you want to spam them and hate hate on them, at least, you, at least you're clicking on it. Click on his stuff and show them some love. All right. But uh, <laughs> but that's it. That's it for episode 17. I'm JT Smith and I'm signing out.